1994, at DeGray Lake in the state of Arkansas in the USA, 29 bald eagles were found dead from a mysterious disease. And over the next 25 years, more and more eagles across the area were found suffering from what they called avian vacuola myelinopathy, which causes holes in the brain and spinal cord and erratic, strange behaviour. Researchers have been tirelessly hunting for clues as to the cause of this disease, and now they think they've cracked it. An invasive plant is triggered to produce a toxin, possibly by a pollutant, and that's what poisons the eagles. I'm Eva Higginbotham, and I heard how it works from Timo Niedermeyer at the Martin Luther University in Halle, Germany. Infectious diseases were ruled out because uh, no inflammation was found in the brains of the birds. And then our collaboration partner in the US, Susan Wilde, observed that only in those lakes where a certain plant grew, birds felt sick. This is an invasive plant, hydrilla, but then they realized that the plant was covered with a cyanobacterium and they then suggested the cyanobacterium maybe produces a toxin that kills the birds. What is cyanobacteria? Cyanobacteria are photosynthetic bacteria. They are well known for the toxins they produce. They are also known as blue-green algae. So essentially, scientists saw that where there were plants, hydrilla plants, that had a certain cyanobacteria on them, eagles were dying. What happened next? I isolated this cyanobacterium from the leaves of the plant and then cultivated it on a larger scale in our lab. After about one and a half years, I sent back this biomass of the cyanobacterium to Susan Wilde, and she tested it on birds and found that yeah, the birds were not affected, which was very, very frustrating for us because we were so patient and waited so long and the, the trial was negative. So she sent us additional samples of the plant with cyanobacterium growing on them, and we analyzed the surface of these plants, and we found a specific metabolite that was localized only in these places where cyanobacterial colonies were growing on the leaves, but not on the leaves themselves. And yeah, this was like an eureka moment for us, because we found that these metabolites that were specific for the cyanobacteria contained bromine atoms. And this is something you can say special. Suddenly we knew why our lab cultures didn't produce a toxin, because in our cultivation medium we don't have any bromide. Uh, so when we added bromide to our lab cultures, the cyanobacterium suddenly started to produce this compound as well. So what you found is that the cyanobacterium needs this bromide to be around in order to make the toxin. Exactly. Then we added bromide to the cultivation medium and observed that this metabolite was produced. And then we could isolate it from the cultures, but also from hydrilla plants covered with cyanobacterium that were collected from the lakes. And then when, when we knew what to look for, we also found this putative toxin in tissues of deceased birds. We, we isolated this compound, we elucidated this structure, and we isolated enough to use it for a feeding trial. We fed it to birds and then really observed that they developed these brain lesions that are characteristic for this disease. You found the culprit. What's it called? The toxin is called etoctonotoxin, which comes from the Greek words for poison that kills the eagle. Eagles are predators, so they're, I assume, not actually eating the plant itself. How is it getting into the eagle? Does it build up in the food chain? Yeah, exactly. It's a 
very nice cascade through the food chain, starting from the plant, which is covered by the cyanobacterium. This plant is eaten by fish or snails or waterfowl like ducks or coots. And these are then preyed upon by these birds of prey. And the toxin accumulates in the coots, for example, where we could really detect it in the fat and muscle tissues, and then goes on to the eagle. Do we know if any mammals are affected? We have not yet found a mammal to be affected by VM, but we plan to study that in a study with mice. So I guess we shouldn't go around eating any eagles anytime soon. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, the problem is you, you would not eat eagles, but maybe you would eat fish or ducks that were hunted or fished from these lakes. And we don't know if that could be a problem. If it's a requirement of the cyanobacterium to have this bromide around in order to make the toxin, where is the bromide coming from? We don't really know that exactly yet. We have some suspicions. For example, a herbicide that is used to treat this invasive plant, hydrilla. The people pour this herbicide into affected lakes and this herbicide brings some bromide with it. So people may inadvertently be part of the problem. They try to treat the invasive plant but in fact make the cyanobacterium toxic. What I think is maybe most important is coal-fired power plants because in coal-fired power plants, bromides are used to treat the wastes. And after waste treatment, the bromide-containing wastewater maybe is released into the environment and then leads to elevated bromide concentration in the groundwater and then also in the lakes. So what can we do? Yeah, that's a difficult question. The cyanobacteria and also the plant, the cyanobacterium grows on, are really hardy organisms. It's very difficult to kill them or eradicate them. So in my eyes, it's very difficult to remove the cyanobacterium from the environment or the affected lakes. So maybe taking away its weapon is easier. So I think it's very important to monitor bromide intake into the lakes, first finding out where it actually comes from, and then trying to avoid bromide intake into lakes if it's really man-made. 